And I know you talked about that this next chapter for you is really rediscovering who you are now. And when you slow down, I don't know about you yet, I lived in the hustle culture for quite a while and I realized I almost used it as a avoidance of being close to myself and learning about me and all those scary parts that I didn't want to uncover. Maybe chat about that because when you're so busy and all of a sudden you do have time, it is a blank canvas, but it can be scary when we're left with ourselves in the mirror. <laughs> Talk about that. Hello, fellow entrepreneurs and goal getters. Welcome to Entrepreneurial Elevation, Unleashing Greatness Within with myself, your host, Kelly Beveridge. Okay, everyone, I'm so stoked for today because I have somebody who has had a huge influence in my life. I don't even know if he knows how much. I met him back around 2007 when he was a facilitator for a personal development program I was taking. And I then since watched him on stage multiple times. He's just got a heart of gold. He's a big teddy bear, yet he comes with a message that is just packed with a punch. And I know his mission is to leave people better than they found them and to live their best life. And that's what he did for me in a large way. And I don't even know if he knows how much. And so Todd Campbell, he's a personal growth facilitator and coach. He's an expert trainer. He's traveled internationally for about 15 to 20 years. He has helped, he says, over 25,000 people. I know it's way more than that. His reach has gone far and wide. Everybody I know just speaks so highly of him. He's a person of integrity, just an all-round great guy, somebody you want to have as a friend. And personally, I know he's extremely family-oriented. He's been married for 29 years, I believe. He's, he's got three boys. He's got grandkids now. And he is also, on a personal note, a stage four cancer survivor, which, wow, what a blessing, Todd. I remember you sharing those stories and so grateful you're here and continuing to make an impact. So love that you're here. Super excited and just really honored. And okay, I'm going to dive right in, Todd, and then we'll, I'm going to pass it right over to you. So I have my first question is you have even in your bio, and I love it, that you believe, and I believe this too, now more than ever, people are really stopping and taking stock of their life. And I know I was in that space last year. Am I happy? Am I fulfilled? It, what I keep doing, is it going to get me to where I want to go? And really starting to ask ourselves those courageous questions at this time in our life. And so my question is, how does one actually stop, take stock, and look at how do we redefine, redesign, and recontextualize our life and where we're going? Because it sounds like an easy thing to do, but I know it's not. So I'm going to pass it over to you. Yeah, it's hard for us to change anything we've been doing. There's a great book out there on the thought process around is called tribes, but we're very unlikely to do anything different. And there's a part of us that it's because I've been doing it this long, it's habitual, or I don't know how to retool myself or reskill myself or do anything different, or I may not have the self-belief or let's just say self-estimate because of my interactions with the world, other people, all the way back to my upbringing. But when we'll really ask that question, what do I want to feel and what do I want to experience? Because in that book, Tribes, it's just because I'd have to admit that I've been doing it wrong or not effectively for so long. But I loved what you said, that courageous question. When we can at any time just go, okay, here I am in this moment called now, which my one of the more recent ones I had up until just recently, they keep coming to phases, was during COVID. I'm sitting on a boat on my private lake. We got People always go, I want to come to your lake. 
It's not a house. It's like bring a tent. We got use on private lake with our boat and everything. And we're just sitting there and I see myself in the mirror and I just go, you're completely full of shit. In that moment, because as you said, wanted to help transform people's lives, personal growth, facilitate everything. COVID came, that obviously live interactions shut down. And I was waiting for the world to change, to go out and make the difference I wanted to make. And I just had to go, what am I doing? Ended up putting out a virtual program at that point because everything I'd done was live because I got to adapt. I got to change. I knew I wasn't done making a difference. And then just recently, I got the opportunity to go, okay, the travel, the things that when I first started would have been like, oh my gosh, if I can make it there. I had to start to take a look at, I want to spend time investing in the things I can't get back. And I know all too well with travel, I don't get these moments back with my family, my grandchild now, all these things. And so it's just having that courage to go, I may have thought I wanted this. I may have even risked everything to get this. I may have even sacrificed a lot to be where I'm at now, because if you're driven and then go for the sake of what is this what I really want. Yeah. And on any given day to be able to go, what do I want to feel? What do I want to experience? And then have the courage to even walk away sometimes from what other people might look at as, gosh, if I could just get where you are, a great success. And sometimes when you've stayed too long, in my case, it may not even be your choice to leave. Yeah. And I love what you're sharing. And I think like one thing I learned and one of my favorite sayings these days is it's okay to change your mind. <laughs> it's okay to change your mind because I know for myself for years, I'm like, I said I was doing it, so therefore I must do it. And I think there's some strength in that, yet sometimes too, it can cause us to stay on a path that maybe necessarily isn't the direction we want to be going. And so maybe talk a bit about that. And I love the language you're using because you're saying, what do you want to feel and what do you want to experience? Not what do you want to do and what do you want to have? Exactly. And that's a huge distinction right there. I'll be honest with you. I think until you have, if you're a very driven person, which I love working with entrepreneurs, they are those that have the solutions to bring forth to save the world, in my opinion. You got to have some of those wins. You got to have that drive. One of the greatest things about being an entrepreneur, owning your own businesses, I've never not seen value in that, is getting rid of the golden handcuffs. But how do we do it to ourselves? And it's... Sometimes you got to have a few accomplishments, right? And I love what you're saying because you got to be diligent. I remember when you first started off and what you were doing and why I've seen you do so well at it for so long was because of your determination, your, I will not quit. These characteristics I like to feel I have as well that I, if I say I'm going to do it, it'll be done. If it's to be, it's up to me. The only time I become a failure is if I blame someone else or something else for my result. And we can get into that area of, let's just say perpetuating results. And especially in these areas where if you walk across the stage or you reach this level of accomplishment or you're that guy or that gal or let's just say that leader to go, I want something different when everybody is almost, let's just say, holding a benchmark or wanting certain aspects of what you got to take it on at some point. Yeah. And I know that, you know, you're right now, you're, if I can share this, you're 53. (laughs) And you're, you're on semi-retirement mode, right? You're like, I've, I'm choosing to change my, we talked about it, your, your hierarchy of values, where before it was the drive for success and to achieve, yet always for your family, yet you're realizing the sacrifice of time with your family is not worth it anymore. Yet you're also in a position where you can step back financially and choose that, that hierarchy of values where your family is first before your business goals. And so maybe share that decision. How did you come to head with that? I think if we're lucky enough to build the relationships with our children, our spouses, or 
inner circle of friends, not just our work colleagues, because it can get in that drive to whereas you don't talk to anybody other than everybody you work with. Um, for me, it was my oldest son. A lot of the battle that, let's just say, he's just, he's a, He's an amazing person. He is his own person. He's going to be 30 before I blink another eye. And my wife and I, we've actually been married a little over 30 years. I got to update my file, but uh, okay. I was wondering. He constantly knew I was leaving to supposedly go and help people have a better life. And all he saw was me gone. And you don't get those things back, those moments. He and I are working on a great relationship we have for many years now, but to Again, see it through a different set of eyes. I watching my grandson throw him in a blink of an eye, and I don't. Because what's the best thing about being a grandparent? Seeing the amazing father my middle son Branson, and to take the time, success redefining it for me is really being able to take the time in the places, in the things, full investment in my heart that I know I don't get back. And some of that is that I used to have this theory that when everybody turned 50, they had all the answers or whatever. And what I realized is nobody knows what the F they're doing. And inside uh, every older person is a younger person screaming, what the F just happened? And so there's, it's why I think it's imperative that we take stock at any given time. And where am I? What do I really want? What do I want now? What do I want that I can't get back that I am putting on the shelf? And what do I want for my reasons? And redefine my definition of success at any given time. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's huge what you just said, though, my reasons, right? Because how often, and I've done this, I thought I was working towards something based on what my desires were, yet it really was my mentors or my friends or my colleagues. And I realized I was living my life, not through my design, yet through the designs and values of others. And I think that's a really easy thing to do. And it's a fine line. It's it's the thing that happens. If we do not take those moments to like literally stop everything. Take it. I don't care if it's a sabbatical, a solo, a sometimes it'll be the world that rocks you. You think you got it all planned out and then boom, nothing. Yeah. I think a lot of people are going through that situation right now. It's more imperative to take stock in your own future because it's just going on everywhere where redirections happening, everything. And if we ourselves don't stop and just look at things, and that's maybe what the value of this call will be for your listeners is. And trust me, if it's, man, I am right on track. I am right where I want to be. This is perfect. Feel no shame in that either. Don't make a problem where there is not one. But if it is, you go through some of the things we may talk about today and you really take a look and you're like, I'm living a past version of what I thought success was and not even allowing myself to redefine it. That's, that's that decision in you that you can't ignore. Whether it's over here, then great. Then what are your excuses to pour more fire on it? Go. I've been in those times in my life. Arching this phase now where it's okay, then this comes off my plate. This comes off my plate. This no longer deserves my bandwidth because it's a past version of what I thought success should be for me. Yeah. And so what would you say to someone? Because I think a lot of people do eventually take stock, yet it's because what you alluded to there, something's happened, whether it's a health scare, a financial crisis. We wait sometimes until it gets so painful, right? Because usually we make changes when it's painful versus driven by pleasure. So what would be, let's say, three pieces of advice you would give to someone to be proactive and take stock? But the question I have is, what's the three pieces of advice you give? How do you do that? So we say take stock, but what would be three things you can slow down and do? The funny thing is, it keeps coming back. I heard it years ago. I think it was Coca-Cola's president that 
said the speech first, but they traced it back and it was actually from a, a commencement. I think it was traced back to somebody by the name of Brian Dawson, but at any rate, it's that you got five balls. One is work, one is family, the others were health, friends, and spirit. And the sooner you realize that only one of those balls is rubber, and by the one is called the one called profession or work or passion, everything else is glass. This one's rubber. And so to kind of ask yourself and take a look at that right now and gosh, you got to be patient and kind with yourself. I don't think anybody's ever said, I wish I would have done less. And I also don't think anybody's ever said, I wish I would have been harder or more impatient with myself. Yeah. So taking that time to be kind and patient. And the biggest thing is trust yourself. The worst situations I've ever found myself in and then felt beholden to them. And you were saying it could be mentors. It could be this is when I didn't feel brave enough to go forward myself or to find success. It was more one of those, like, if I could equivalent it, I was still like a little kid and holding my hand down. And if you'll take my hand and go, then okay, I've got the, I've got the guts. And so trust yourself. But if you feel destined to go do it, don't wait for somebody else to give you permission to hold your hand, to say, okay, then we'll combine this. Joint ventures and collaboration is awesome, but how many times do how many times did I do it because I just didn't trust my version enough? And then the other thing is it goes towards what I might challenge everybody to do, but cross-train. Everybody goes, here are my strengths, these are my weaknesses. The thing, the same thing that makes you very strong in certain areas, we just don't give ourselves permission to cross-train it over into what makes me very good at my profession. I don't give myself permission to cross-train that over into my physical area of life and hold those same disciplines and everything. Because it's if I got talents here, so it's that what other areas of my life could I enrich or cross-train with the things that maybe made me brilliant here or felt passion here? And that may be something even you choose to take on because I don't want those great parts of me to sit void or lingering or going to atrophy. But I think that's a big decision too, is where do I take my strengths into this new vision and how could I apply them, even if it's totally different, even if it's in another area of my life, even if it's what I was doing professionally or for support of others, I was doing in self-care and for my spiritual life. Yeah. That's huge, actually, to think about that. Even for yourself, right? You're leaving, stepping back from your career, which has been a big identity for you for a long time and so many skills and strengths. And it's how do you apply that to your family now? Leadership within your family and a lot of the skills that you have there, too. So I know I haven't thought about it like that before. So great question to ask ourselves. Yeah, those parts of us can stay vibrant and alive. And it's not, I think oftentimes we keep the situations in service because we don't know who we are without those pieces of us or those strengths. And so how do I cross train those? How do I hone those? Because that's the goal. I don't think we, we oftentimes rationalize or even subjectively allow ourselves to feel how that could be. Yeah. So we're talking about taking stock of our life, which I like. Yet we've been talking about it in a way of We've been through it. We've had a journey where I don't want to say we're at the later years of your life. That's why I was stalling. I was like, that doesn't sound right. It's <laughs> later years of our life. Yeah. We're speaking about now. That's a better way to put it. So take me back to the beginning because you have had quite a journey and I know you have a great story and possibly personal development and facilitating and making this massive difference and being in front of the room. It morphed into that for you. So. How did you first take stock back, way back in the day and decide that this was going to be your path? Because I was basically a white hot dumpster trash fighter, if we're honest. Briefest version, married to my high school sweetheart, my woman of my dreams, two young children, always been an entrepreneur, what looked like a, a good thriving, working in the trades, construction company, and I was losing it. 
basically, for lack of better words, I had enough people that cared about me. My wife heading that pack that basically said, you got to do something. Call it an intervention I had with me. I agreed to take anger management classes, stress management classes, love and logic parenting classes. And funny thing was a very close person in my life at that point, who was one of my business partners and doing very well for us. Everything was working. He kind of busted my bubble and said, I know you, you take anger management classes, whatever, it's going to wear off like a sunburn. And he opened the door for me to start the personal growth. It was the same company that, where I met you. I was a student and was invited to come back, be one of the facilitators and 15 years with them, traveling, teaching personal growth and development, went on to have multiple clients personally, as well as then um, start other opportunities that are still out there today and uh, got to do a lot of things, masterminds, tour, travel around the world. But the biggest enrichment was, you said 25,000. Yeah. I only claim the ones that I personally know. If it was somebody else, they they deserve all that. But uh, it is one of those things where you get absolutely addicted. And I became a, let's just say, uh, there's nothing more soul enriching than truly living who you are. And that was after stage four battle with cancer was how I came to be with this because I still had to learn patience and uh, working on that one. <laughs> but it's taken me to hear where recently had the opportunity to not even by choice, but to just really get out of the way for something to go into a different direction. And it was the perfect time. And my wife and I had said this was, this was one last time because when you travel as much as 200 days a year or more. A lot. And then, as I said, my son and everything, and I don't regret any of it. It's been amazing. And now I get to work with just at a different level with high-level consulting and my individual clients and going back to something that I've always had roots in. My wife's always been in real estate. I was in everything from land development to construction in my earlier days, had sold all those companies years ago and back into literally just building a portfolio, something that can be, let's just say, different form of generational wealth, everything. And I believe that we're going to see some shakeups in real estate, but going back out, retooling and getting the opportunity to work with amazing people in that area. I don't know if that's what you wanted to hear, but it's just been, I mean, you can't encapsulate like 20, 25 years of just getting to see when after when after people getting what they want and everything else. And I don't ever want to stop that, but it's a different form now. I want it to be that, I don't know, umbrella to hold all those opportunities for my family, my inner sphere, everything else exclusively as my soul focus and not so much gone all the time. Yeah, absolutely. Well, no, my time, my time has become more valuable the older I get, which is probably a surprise to anybody, but I just, I totally want to, a different usage of it. And I'm giving myself permission to say that's okay. And that's the base part of it because looking at a blank schedule, looking at it, getting to paint from a blank canvas, yeah. we even yeah. chatted about it. I talked to my clients about this. If you strip this way, strip this way, it's like getting to paint from a blank canvas is like the biggest liberty anybody could ever know, but it's the scariest thing ever because all my old habits, what should I be doing right now? I should be on meetings right now. I should be doing it. Yeah. Shouldn't on ourselves all over the place. And there's so many nuggets with what you just shared. Yeah. So if, I have a few questions. So one being you're talking about where you're at now and painting from this blank canvas. And what it sounds like is you know, your journey, and I know this, it has been so outward focused. You've touched so many lives and there's still a way for you to make an impact and make a difference. Yet now it's closer to home. It's within your family. It's within yourself. And you were doing all of that and have done that for your family. Yet it's looking different where you're allowing yourself to be present and truly present. And I know you talked about that this next chapter for you is really rediscovering who you are now. 
And when you slow down, I don't know about you yet. I lived in the hustle culture for quite a while and I realized I almost used it as a avoidance of being close to myself and learning about me and all those scary parts that I didn't want to uncover. Maybe chat about that because when you're so busy and all of a sudden you do have time, it is a blank canvas, but it can be scary when we're left with ourselves in the mirror. <laughs> Talk about that. I guess the easiest way or what comes to mind, because I'll be blunt and honest, everybody's maybe even said I'm brutally honest. <laughs> but uh, yeah, for me, it's not only going through the throes of bringing myself to prep, but also coming to, let's just say, a different form of calling bullshit on myself or the hypocrisy, because with that hustle and grind culture and everything else, I wasn't taking care of myself physically the way I could have. I was not present with my spouse the way I could be, definitely. So there's these areas where it's okay, no more excuses. Yeah. And it's almost like realigning, where do I want to prioritize my time? Because I used to, I don't know about you, I used to, okay, I'll get up earlier, I'll work harder, I'll pack more into a day. And then even at 5 a.m. that was scheduled for gym time, it would get overrun with meetings because I couldn't get enough done. And so... I don't know if that makes sense or what you're looking for, but getting rid of the last bits of hypocrisy and really moving into who is my wife and I, we used to watch on Golden Pond. And I used to think, because we've been together 30 plus years, yeah. 32, 33 years all together. And I don't know who that guy is because I used to think that's romantic, but that's closer than ever. Who's that guy that can not be a fart in a skillet, like my grandpa used to call it. I have to be so busy all over everything that's not present. How do I really define who is worthy of that? In those areas with my kids, it's these amazing three boys, these amazing men. How do I develop the character, if you will? Because you always got to be reinventing yourself if you're going to yep. be present in your life. Uh, how does that relationship continue, which we've done so well so far, which is man to young man, no longer father to son. They've got more to teach me at this point than I've got left to teach them. Yeah. And how do we continue that as a, a grandparent? We're always skilling up. Like you're re-identifying. It's what's your identity now with your relationship with your wife and with your kids and as a grandpa and with yourself and it's next level. And it's, I believe, not being lazy with those questions and thoughts because that's how you're going to start to learn what that looks like for yourself. And it is different. It's very different. I'm playing catch up because even though he, maybe another way to say it is we were always proactive with everything because you, you had to make the quality time count if we only have this much. We had to, we don't have to do anything anymore unless I, as the leader of these households of this time and everything, put us in a position where we do. And that is an even bigger thing is I got to be that steward that ultimately takes down the clock or the metronome and repaces it because as the one that created, let's just say the tempo for so long, and then my wife had to catch up and, or we figured that out, whether it was one hand reaching back or one hand reaching forward, the kids, all these things, everything else, everybody else had to get on my tempo and that included my staffs and everything. And how do I let my heart be the tempo now instead of all the requirements or obligations, or as you said, promises that I, I'll die on a hill. I will not fail. Yeah. I'm just glad I'm having the opportunity to do it now that we've taken care of ourselves well enough to do it now, because I think this might be the ultimate realization everybody comes to. I, what do I wish I would have done before it was too late? What do I want to do right fucking now? Because there's no guarantee. Yeah, absolutely. So, and to your point of your past, like 
the past is perfect, right? We choose to believe the past is perfect, choose to believe we did the best we knew how with the tools we have, and now 100% being responsible. What does it look like now moving forward and not getting caught up on the past and focusing on, like you said, what's that saying we always say, like living today, like today, like tomorrow doesn't exist or whatever. I don't know, but it's true. It's cliche, yet it's true. It is. And it's, I don't want this to sound like, okay, now I've come to age. Now I've, I no. always want to be. And the other thing is I would ask anybody to do the same for themselves. And so maybe it's even a different way of laying down the, I'm still going to do masterminds and still going to do with my private clients. That's my biggest joy is getting to see one-on-one with some of these corporations and or individuals. But just getting to the point where now we get to practice more on me in a close sense. Mm-hmm. And that's also an equation for, even though you may have been somebody that a lot of people listen to, to go, well, I know about this much and there's this much to learn. And that's the humbling piece at plus, because as I said earlier, I thought you'd just get all the answers. It doesn't happen. Right. And you mentioned, I think that was important. You said you're now leading with your heart and you're in a position where you can step back. And once again, what would you say to someone who... They're in the grind per se. They're in the building mode of their life and their business. They have their goals and they're going towards success. Yet there is this yearning in them where they want to start to put family as a higher hierarchy. They're doing it for their family. They would love to have that shift of time be family. Yet they're not quite in the position where it's necessarily, I don't want to say as easy yet because they still got to create to be able to, to do that. That's the reality in some point. So what would you say to say? How can they lean into that? Two things come to mind, Kelly. One is to keep them present with you. I used to not tell my wife about the stress, about the fears, about anything because I wanted to protect her. And the one thing I will say is what I realized, at least in our relationship, is that it didn't protect her from anything. It separated us at areas where she could have been my greatest strength and always wanted to be. And I could have leaned in the way I truly wanted to and be fully open and honest with your surroundings. And then the other thing is say, if they truly understand why you're doing it, then start to make those goals and those dreams. And when is it that, okay, I don't care what it is. So whether it's when we hit this mark in our financial area or in this business that we take a family vacation and, or there's a way to have this and this. I do not tell anybody to lay off or not be driven or I do not believe in participation medals at any time. I don't think just thinking positive We'll get you anything. You got to take action. But these things where if they feel truly included and they know how to support you and you know how to support them, then it can be, we do this and we're making this sacrifice or this momentum together. And we know why and where it's going. Because otherwise all it feels like is tension, stress, separation, absence. That's awesome. I think that's such a strong message, right? Because you're in it together versus you doing it for them or you're sacrificing them for the greater good. It's no, we're making the sacrifices together so we can have the things that we want and we're enjoying the blessings together too. So I think that's huge. And it's something I worked on with all my head profile clients. I may play on many different teams. I may support other teams. I, but this is team one. And if it doesn't support team one, we can also have that conversation because. That's almost your weekend, right? Like your lighthouse. Like, how's team one doing? Checking in. (laughs) Are we on track? Are we aligned? I would venture to say, I never claim to know it all, but I would wager 100% on this. 
anybody that's ever had that where team one was in distress or not, none of the other stuff matters. None of the other shit. You cannot work hard enough. You cannot have enough money in your account. You cannot have anything. Again, that all that, so let's just say non-consequential if this isn't working. And I think it's too easy to get off balance there. Yeah, for sure. And that's why I love working with personal clients as well is because how do I have balance in all those areas? And sometimes it is delegation. Sometimes it is that I'll just be honest with you. Most people that learn how to grind don't know how to do it at a healthy, sustainable level. If you could grind, bring 100% of your effort, but do it at a healthy and sustainable level and cross-train it to bring that to my daughter's dance recitals, to all these others as well. It's hard. Human beings are stretched. We only have 24 hours and we've got all this that we want, all we want to do. Biggest thing is you got to bring an authentic version of you and moment by moment step into that authenticity. Otherwise, you outgrow what you already had, don't want it anymore, become a poor steward, and you will lose it. Yeah. And so speaking of that, you talked a little bit about self-sabotage. And there's many times in your life where you could have self-sabotaged. You just shared your brief story in two minutes there where you talked about when you first started the journey till now. Yet you talked about going into anger management, taking courses for yourself. You had stage four cancer and you never gave up. So you've had some significant moments in your life where you could have not chosen the greater path. Maybe talk about that because I think that's super relatable for a lot of people. They're faced with something and over time they self-sabotage versus lean into the greater choice. And so chat chat about those things if you don't mind because I think that's so common right now. Through the personal growth and development work that I was first a student long before I became a facilitator, finding those pieces of me that just, you got to know for every human being, if you really want to press the odds, they tell you it's this and you're going to go out and do something different. They, for me, they told me I had a, basically my wife had to induce slavery. Once we put our marriage back together, everything was going well. We brought a third or we're bringing a third person into this world. My youngest son, Caden, and that's when they diagnosed me with stage four cancer, said I'd never even see him walk. Whatever you got to go through and, and equip yourself with to know those pieces of you that you've would do exactly as I did. I got up, pulled every port out of my body, got up, kicked those grievance counselors out of my room, the ones that said I'd never see him walk, anything else. It's going to tell me who I could be as a father, a husband, anything. Once I have found those pieces in me, where I will not cave in on it. You hear about post-PTG, right? Everybody knows what PTSD is. PT, post-traumatic growth, where you can go through and you can find yourself enough that your greatest adversities can come, become your greatest strengths. Those that want to cast stones at you for the things that you may not have been perfect at, that you can take that as momentum and feedback. We hear all these things, right? But so much of it is, if you're ultimately going to bring yourself to this present moment right now, forgiveness is a massive part of that. To forgive everybody. Yeah. Everybody that may have, let's just say, contributed in some way, shape or form, no blame, shame or guilt, to me being not where I exactly want to be right now, to give grace and appreciation to everybody who had helped me get to here. And part of that is then that process for you to forgive, truly look at the Greek or Latin root of that, to give as before, to give as before the hurt, to give as before the let down, to trust as if I had never failed myself even. All these pieces and that resiliency factor, you only give it to yourself if you find out what's absolutely freaking great about you, what you wouldn't trade for the world. I used to be lucky enough to work with amazing groups. And I had one group, a huge group. Okay, write down the five biggest problems in your world right now that you see as a problem, an obstacle, you can't get over, whatever it is, whatever. Write them down. 
then had everybody crumble up that piece of paper, throw it into the center of the room. Yeah. And then told everybody, okay. And I, I had teed it up so that this was a literal emotional piece. I camp three, you got to dive in and come out with a piece of paper and whatever's on that piece of paper, you got to deal with. Do you know how many people would fight with everything they had to get their piece of paper? Totally. Because it's totally different to look at your biggest obstacles as, oh my gosh, those are comparatively speaking to what could be insurmountable to the pain and loss. I've seen other people go through everything else, but What's freaking amazing about you? What's the rock you stand on? When will you forgive yourself? When will you give grace to all those around you? And when will you go ahead and be at your space where you can see this? Guess what? It's usually when either you'll take the time. Most people don't. When it's just too much. So as you said, sometimes you guys will just yeah. done, right? Rock bottom, pause out. And other times it's because the world just goes, hey, you think you got this all figured out? No, things are going to shift. Because do you see how those all those things are like, the first one's the best option that I took time out for myself because the other ones will catch up with you. Yeah. This one you can be proactive in. And that's the biggest encouragement I give to anybody. Don't lose your grind. Don't lose your sass. Don't lose your awesome sauce. Go. But make sure that the dream you're going for is emotionally relevant to you. You care about it. You want it. It's not because somebody else wants it. And it's relevant in this moment in time. I'm not living off the past. Great advice. And it's good stuff. Anybody can build the life of their dreams, but give yourself an opportunity to know that your dreams will evolve. They will change. If you are in evolution, so will your passion, so will your dreams, so will you thought what you thought was the right ticket. And everything I've done brought me here, and now I get to decide. <laughs> I love that. Oh my gosh, Todd, thanks so much. You have so much wisdom. I could talk to you all day long and pick your brain. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, do. I have a few questions just in closing to wrap up and just thank you so much. So now that you are here, what would you say is your version of success now? I think not to be redundant, but when we were talking earlier, it really kind of just to, again, being able to take the time and put it in the, spend it in the places I know I'm not getting back. If, if you could go back and relive some of the greatest moments with your children or whatever, how much would you pay for that? You, Chances are what you're missing, you didn't get paid nearly enough. Being where I want to be with who I want to be and not taking on any projects that don't put me in those places. Awesome. You know, I got to be picky. I get. To, I wouldn't call it snobbish. I, I got to be selective. Fair. You've earned it. And Okay, so what are three pieces of advice you would give an entrepreneur or a high achiever or someone who's driven, who's struggling to elevate and get to the next level of their success? What is the bullshit that's in the way of getting there? To like really challenge yourself, get a list. What's the bullshit? It could be external things. It could be internal thought process, but what's the bullshit that's in my way? And then you're going to get out a piece of paper as funny as it sounds. What's the truth behind all this bullshit? Why is it valid? And why is all this bullshit absolute bullshit? And then just make a choice. Which page am I going to play from? I know it sounds, you know, who's going to do that, but challenge yourself. Another thing is look at your sphere and who do you have that's driving you? Because so oftentimes when I see plateaus reach, like you're talking about, it's because I'm the biggest dream in the room. I am the biggest energy in the room. I am the most dedicated in the room, any of these things. And not from a braggadocious point or anything, just straight results. And by the way, you've heard this many times, the only fair way to gauge anything on a result. Who am I taking on as mentors? Where am I leveling up? Most people reach a plateau because let's just say I'm so busy. Whoever I hang out with is just who's there. 
I've got this going on. I got nobody I can ask, but everybody's asking me questions. That's why every coach needs a coach. Every mentor needs a mentor. So that looking at my surroundings, and if that is true, level up. Usually we won't ask questions of people that are above us. We actually play lateral. So that would be one thing. And then celebrate your small wins. And that is not new advice. Celebrate your small wins. Calibrate them. That was 5% of what I would temper. So many times as an entrepreneur, we put in forever. My wife in real estate was a great example. Any entrepreneur is a great example. You're a volunteer until you reach the closing table, right? In real estate. All this time, all this effort, all this expertise, same way in self-promotion, getting your funnel, getting your message, getting all these things, your first few episodes of your podcast. Celebrate the wins because so many times all this is going on, but we expect this final result and we won't even acknowledge ourselves and we run out of steam somewhere between where the result would hit and where our inspiration, we didn't rejuvenate it. Yeah, absolutely. I believe in that. I keep referencing this book I read, The Gap in the Gain. And it talks about that, like you have your goal, you have where you're at and you have your ideal and high achievers tend to look at where we're not at yet versus where we come from, right? So measuring our success backwards and acknowledging all the things we have done and who we are becoming. Oh, Todd, I just love that. Okay. So one last question, and it maybe is that exercise you just mentioned, I don't know, or something different yet. If you were going to leave the listeners with one action to put into place this week, what would it be? I would say the biggest thing we can do is we... Everybody wants to, just to your point, everybody wants to look at what's wrong. What do I need to fix? What do I need to be more of what's wrong? I'm going to encourage you to look at what's right. Crazy thought process, right? In that, just like I said, very similar to what I just said, the simpler it can be, the more truth it will hold. So cross-training, it could be in that exercise of what's the shit that's in my way, what's valid about it, what's absolutely not valid about it. But look at it differently in that, just get a list of your two areas. We'll call them strengths and I call them opportunities, but let's call them weaknesses because everybody knows that word. And by the way, start with your strengths first because the weaknesses are easy to come up with, right? And just get yourself a list, one side to the other. And just take a piece of notebook paper. I want you to get kinesthetic in this, write it down. Strengths, weaknesses. After you're done, go through and then just go where, as I read my weaknesses, let me find a strength that would offset them. We're always equal and opposites as human big arc and we are like. And then what is the value? What is the way I could cross train that strength to eliminate that weakness or create the opportunity? Brief example I'll leave you with is COVID. My son and I having troubles, my youngest son, that is with the relationship because there was uh, during COVID, there was no football games, no Friday night lights, none of the stuff that I got to do with his other older brothers, everything else. And, but I was hitting my health goals, like not nuts. I was being diligent, prepping time, doing this, saving time on my calendar for the first time ever, all these things. And it was just like, how could, it doesn't make sense that the strengths I was using in that area could make me a better father over here. Most people go, and then you start to think, oh yeah, if I was making time for that, if I was scheduling it, if I was being diligent, if I was keeping my word, if I was pre-prepping it all the time, everything else. And so again, strengths, weaknesses, what strengths would overlay these weaknesses? What areas could I take out? How could I cross-train those? And even though it might feel awkward, like putting a pencil in a wrong hand, Start off with your strengths and duplicate them so much easier than looking for weaknesses and trying to eradicate. Yeah, I love that. Great example too. Todd, thanks for being on. I've gotten so much value. And I think a big part of this call is really just pushing pause and taking stock and assessing where we're at and asking ourselves if we're happy. And if not, 
taking a look at what we've got to do to change. So we're aligned with our values and our goals and our vision and where we're headed for fulfillment for ourselves and those people around us. And you're a great example of someone who's done that and continues to do that. I wish you all the success in this next chapter of your life. I'm excited for you, excited to see what happens and excited for your family to get more of you because I know you've given it away to so many people and now you're giving it back to them tenfold. And I think the sky's the limit for what you guys are going to achieve as a family. I hope so. And unless they put me back, uh, back to work. They not be... Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, get back out there. No. said, <laughs> whoa. Yeah, it'll be awesome. I appreciate you so much. You truly have inspired me through my years. And I know so many of my friends, we talk about you when you're not in the room and it's all good things. <laughs> and it's not always true. So I'm going <laughs> to. So thank you. I appreciate you. If you want to get a hold of Todd, I will put his. Are we going to put your email in the show notes? Yeah, if somebody needs anything, they can just email me. What you'll notice is I'm true to my word. I'm laying off social media. You can go to my website right now. I think it says under construction. Perfect. <laughs> so I Kinda love that. So we'll throw your email in there if somebody wants to get a hold of you. And just thanks for your time and just so much blessing sent your way, Todd. Right on, Kelly. Yeah.